1: LCSWC.
0: Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan, and today I'm so happy to be bringing you a conversation with. A colleague and friend who I've known now for five years, Alice Welland. Alice Welland is a licensed clinical social worker with over 20 years of experience in the practice of psychotherapy, supervision, and consultation. She has also published several works and trained many psychotherapists and professionals in the art and craft of psychotherapy. Alice's areas of expertise are addiction, recovery, relapse, PTSD, trauma and dissociation, and attachment-related work with individuals and couples. And she also uses mindfulness, meditation, and yoga-based education and techniques to help people learn to deal with stress related to daily life, relationships, recovery, Depression, anxiety, and other mental health issues. And Alice and I met back in 2018 when she was assisting at the life force yoga training that I did back then in the Bahamas, which I could not remember the name of the teacher when we were in our conversation. So Alice had to remind me. I think my executive functioning is still kind of a little off. Anyway, I know that you will enjoy this conversation with. Alice, I always love speaking with her, and she guided me and all of us when you listen through a beautiful mindfulness practice to reconnect to our hearts. It's very timely, especially in this moment where there's another new war that's broken out, that so many people are suffering from horrible, horrible acts that are going on, and many of us are feeling really helpless again to do anything about it. I can think of so many times when this has gone on, even in the past couple of years. And so whether you're listening in 2023 or listening back in the future, I think that this practice that Alice guides us through and our conversation on co-regulation will be valuable at any time so I enjoy invite you to sit back and listen and enjoy our conversation thank you as always for listening to therapy chat hi welcome back to therapy chat I'm your host Laura Reagan and today I'm so happy to be back together with my friend not in person but virtually with my friend Alice Wellens Alice, thanks so much for coming back to Therapy Chat today. Laura, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. I just love our conversations. There's something about talking with you that's so soothing and relaxing. And that's why I've
1: had you on so many times. It could be because our initial meeting was in this this very rich, relaxing place.
0: That's true. We met at a yoga retreat in the Bahamas where... Alice was assisting in the life force yoga therapy training with remind me. Amy,
1: Was it Amy Weintraub and Rose Cress?
0: Yes. Rose. I was trying to remember Rose's name. Yes. Amy Weintraub and Rose Cress. Yes. And that was such a, a wonderful, amazing life changing experience. So glad to be with you again. Our, our setting isn't as tropical right now while I'm in Maryland and you're in North Carolina, but. Let's just start off before we get into our topic for today. Let's start off with you telling our
1: audience a little more about who you are and what you do. Okay. And thank you again for having me. So I'm a psychotherapist in private practice. I've been in practice for 25 years. I lived in practice in Atlanta, Georgia for 25 years and then about three years ago, March of 2020, March 20th of 2020, I made a Planned move to North Carolina, but as we all know, the world completely changed during that time. And so now I work online and am licensed in North Carolina and Georgia. But because Bob's Online Therapy becoming a real opportunity for so many people to have therapy and provide therapy, I would say 99% of my practice is still in Atlanta. I see clients Mostly for long-term psychotherapy, although I do some consultation and some coaching as well, like teaching and goals-oriented work. Oh. I have loved being a part of the professional community. I was deeply involved in my professional community in Atlanta for many years. So that's one of the things I've really missed in my mood, which is why being on the podcast felt really meaningful to me to be able to connect with Laura and do some of well, the other things that... This might do beautiful yeah
0: and I am glad that the people of North Carolina have you there too because I know as a person who has a directory for trauma therapists just how few trauma therapists there are in North Carolina and people are often asking me for recommendations so knowing that you're there as well as in Georgia is wonderful and of course I yeah. refer people to you a lot because I, I think Laura. that you, your style just really resonates with me. That's nice. Yeah. So what we were going to talk about today is sort of how the, it doesn't have to be the pandemic, but what I've noticed is that in myself during the pandemic, when we had to, I remember, I mean, we all remember it was like, whatever it was for you. For me, it was a, it was a Friday. I was at my office. I'm wondering, is this thing going to really impact us? Are we going to need to move online? And they announced that they were closing schools. And the next day, Saturday, I literally, I had to make the decision. We're going online. And over that weekend, I turned my practice from a solely brick and mortar practice. We did have, we offered virtual therapy, but we seldom used it. It was mainly for a snow day or if someone was, not feeling well enough to come in, but still well enough to do their session. But it felt to me like the world was turned upside down. I felt like I was spiraling through the air, could not find where the ground was to, to land. And I had this feeling of kind of like this general, not so much of a thought, but as like a nervous system reaction of, Who's going to take care of us? How are we going to be safe? What's going to happen? Everything's out of control. Everything's terrifying. And I thought everyone was having that reaction, but I was talking about it recently with my therapist and kind of realized that that particular reaction in me was, it wasn't the only time I've ever felt that way. And when I think back, I realize that it actually relates to my attachment history and my trauma history and things that I had less awareness then of how they were affecting me than I do now, thanks to it kind of breaking open in that time. And I've seen so many other people who are suddenly like everything I thought my family was, is not real. Or, you know, I mentioned to you like people doing the, DNA testing like ancestry DNA or twenty three and me and finding the story they had of what their family makeup was wasn't completely accurate. And it's just it throws people off so badly. So I was hoping we could talk about what you think about that and how you see that. <laughs> and I'll talk about how I see it
1: too. <laughs> you know, when you were talking. We mm-hmm. had so many rich experiences in my mind because I, I first saw I just love to talk about all of this. Yeah, so it's, it's really exciting. The one, the one thing I was thinking that I think is really worth mentioning mm-hmm. is your description of my world turned upside down and I didn't know you know, where to land. That's the experience that many, if not most people who are coming into therapy are having. Mm. Something has happened that has brought them into therapy. And um, say a loss, you know, something has happened that has turned their world upside down. And so I was having that moment of maintaining that energetic awareness of what it feels like to walk into a therapist's office, mm. because for me, and I know for many therapists, we do this all day. We talk about it. A lot of us are partnered with therapists. We have, you know, but that person walking in the door, their world has been turned upside down. Something has happened to them, and this is how they probably feel. And so it's just that very first pass of remembering that, and then balancing my energy to hold space for that level. while well, you know, energetic dysregulation that's coming in. So anyway, that was my first thought. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Beautiful reflection right there. Um, because that's what we're doing as therapists. We're holding the space for other people, not at the expense of our own. And that's really my focus. I would say most of my practice, a lot of my practice are, are other therapists. And so it's holding space for that, but also what keeps us present and engaged and open-hearted is our ability to regulate ourselves in those moments. And the big thing during COVID, of course, was we were all going through it too. Yeah. You no. Know? so there was, a, there was, that was a lot. I mean, it was a lot fun. So the other thing I was thinking, and you tell me what you think, is, you know, a lot of those theoretical orientations, you know, go all the way back early attachment first to that first moment of realization of we're being expelled into the world, you know, like what, what happens now? And of course, these are conscious thoughts, but. I think when people really trace back and what I've heard over all these years is they trauma can be these experiences of just tracing back to that that first moment when you realize my parents aren't able, my caregivers aren't able to take care of me. They're human too. They have an addiction or they are abusive or they're just human. And then from that moment on, it's just a series of awarenesses that there is nobody coming and to take care of everything and fix everything, and uh, you know, so many of my therapist clients and myself talk about those moments when you're in therapy as a therapist, saying, "This person really needs a therapist." You know, like, <laughs> like, why well, you can I, really benefit from some, some therapy? I, <laughs> Wait a second. What, yeah. What? What? I mean, like, we're supposed to do something. This. Yeah, is there a grown-up? Right. And, <laughs> well, a lot in a place walking into that door and help us out here. Yeah. And so it's like I feel like life, small, medium, and large, is a series of those awarenesses, conscious and unconscious, small, medium, and large. You know, of, of that experience, like the world is turned upside down, and what are we going to do? So.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I think about like, when we think about security and secure attachment, it's like, what it means to me is a feeling that even if everything isn't okay, that I'll still be okay, you know? And when you don't, have a secure base internally because your caregiver couldn't be that for you because they didn't have it maybe or whatever circumstance they were dealing with was preventing them from being that to you. Then it's like, it's scary. It's like a scary feeling of, well, how, I don't know what's going to happen. I feel really uncertain. How do I know I'm going to survive this?
1: Yeah, and that, you know, that's a very primitive uh, experience that people have is that sense of needing the seal's secure is wired into our survival of the species experience. You know, at first, when we're first here, it's for our very survival of being sad, nurtured, clothed, and then being seen. Yeah, so... At first we are our needs are externally focused. Yeah. But that what like we were saying, when that secure being, presence, connection, opportunity is there, that is then what provides you with that internal a place to go. And when that's not there, there is a sense of needing external securities in place which leaves you very vulnerable because our our deepest security is that which resi- resides within ourselves, which is why movement, breath, yeah, you know, yoga, meditation, mindfulness, breath work, those are all the vehicles back in inside mm-hmm. to to us. Breathe and be home. You know, Signa says where are your seat they're on the ground. You know, what's happening right here, right now, inside of you. And That's very, you know, that's, that's the work of a lifetime for all of us. And it's the work, it's really the rich work of a lifetime for people who have experienced trauma, any type of trauma, really. But, but especially those attached to traumas.
0: Yeah. I feel like when you talked about the external, receiving that sense of security externally at first as a baby, you know, and in the earliest years of development you're talking about what we call co-regulation too right can you kind of talk about that from that perspective a little bit for those who are listening maybe don't make that connection
1: well and co-regulation is also what I was talking about around in the therapy room you know so it's happening in the therapy room as well but essentially that means central nervous systems are helping to regulate each other so We've all had the experience of being around somebody who is just so we just find we just we get in their presence and we're just like, oh, this is so nice. Our central nervous system recognizes something in them. And it changes our physiology. You know, it changes our blood pressure. It changes our breath rate. It changes our heartbeat. Just their presence. Their energy is an exchange. And we've also been around people who we experience, oh my gosh, you know, like that was too much or I feel agitated and on edge when I leave that person. Our, Our central nervous system, our sympathetic nervous system is reading that as dysregulated. It's, you know, creating tension and a dysregulation. And depending on what's going on with you and your central nervous system, it's reading it as unsafe. So our central nervous systems are primitively always scanning the environment, reading it as safe or unsafe. So when we don't get that from our primary caretaker or our primary environment, if we, if our central nervous system is kind of experiencing it as a dysregulated, unsafe, Phrenetic, panoramic, instinctual, inconsistent experience, and we never know what's happening or when, then that wires our literal body, our neural pathways in our brain, all the meridians and chakras in our energy system to be on hyper vigilant alert. Thing. And then more and more and more and more and more we can talk about. But that's, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, since you mentioned chakras and meridians, it's of awesome. course, I wanna, I wanna go there a little bit, like because you know, I think what I find really interesting as a trauma therapist is to understand trauma through the neuroscience, yoga philosophy, you know, the motor movements, sensory motor. Stuff which is part of the neuroscience, but like it's all different ways of understanding the same information. And I love kind of putting it together like that. So can you talk about how the chakras and meridians relate to nervous system regulation and co-regulation?
1: So we are now going to leave neuroscience, attachment (sighs) therapy, uh, essentially theory theory and therapy it, and a lot of the real uh, scientific theoretical roots, lenses and foundations of our seal and talk a little bit more about some of the eastern philosophy which is much older than the western and uh, it, it doesn't always have to make logical sense it's very much a Felt experience which is why doing these retreats and workshops and in, in an experiential way is just so rich I remember I was crucial in a, crucial yeah, and crucial and crucial you're right I remember I was in a I was so life force yoga is one of the trainings I've had and I was in a level two spinal specialization uh, five-day training out in Arizona and about two or three days in, I turned to one of the uh, people that were there. And I was like, it's "Just it's God, I'm just sleeping so well out here. Let's see that air. And she was like, it's the breathing. Like, <laughs> you know, I my, I don't know. I don't, it just, it went right over me. And I'm like, this do all day. I'm like, you know, it's breathing. So <laughs> that they are our segregation meridian to meridians and chakras. So the, the general lens of that is, is that we have these energy centers that run all through our bodies. And those energy centers in the Eastern philosophy and teachings, centuries-old medicine, they each have their symbolic and they contain certain experiences in them. So there's seven chakras. They start at the root, the base of your spine, and they go to the crown of your head. Now there are are many, many, many meridians and energy centers that flow through your body, but those are the seven that most people refer to the most. When they each chakra has a color, a sound, an energy wave, a vibration, and a sort of developmental uh, connection so the experience there is is that depending on what's happened in our lives to us around us with us those energy centers can get impacted and energy can start to clog up or contract or the difficult flow you want to be thinking of it it's just always flowing with the breath always flowing moving open so we take the heart chakra because we can see it and everybody would agree we have a heart
0: and we can (laughs) feel our
1: hearts so say some the heart chakra is your fourth chakra so you have your sacral your your root, your sacral, your solar plexus, your heart, your throat, your third eye, and your crown. So in your heart, the color is green. The sound is A. So even with clients, sometimes I will have them just place their hand on your heart. And that could be a very powerful thing because say they're dealing with something. Maybe they've had an affair and I use that a lot because that a lot of people come into therapy when there's something like that going on, or they didn't, they're not feeling, they're feeling lonely. They're not feeling loved. They're feeling disconnected. Just sitting there and putting your hand on your heart and tuning in, feeling the warmth of your hands against your chest, maybe taking a breath and then tuning in a little deeper and feeling your actual. Heart beating and just connecting with kindness and compassion to to yourself as, as an alive being. Waking up every day and doing the very best that you can. And then even more deeply connecting to some of the work that might be going on in therapy. And that your worth, your value, and allowing that experience to become an embodied experience. You might feel your shoulders relax. You might feel your face droop a little bit. Your jaw might unhinge. Your breath might deepen. You might find a light smile at your lips, sending that signal to your central nervous system. That all is well, that you are giving yourself a nice light bow for showing up today and every day. Remembering the truth of who it is that you really are beyond ego and work and external people. You're connecting to that loving essence of yourself. When you're ready, you can let your hands fall back down into your lap you and take another deep breath. You're remembering this embodied experience and you can allow your eyes to float open. But if you want more, you can share what that was like.
0: Therapist, we've all had that moment. You wake up in the middle of the night Oh, my gosh! Did I do my notes? Well, you don't have to worry about that anymore when you use therapy notes. Therapy notes makes it easy to write your notes, get them done quickly, but thoroughly. my group practice has used therapy notes for six years, and everyone always finds it easy to use. But the best thing is if you do need help, you can call their customer service number and a person answers the phone and Any time I've ever had to use it, which is maybe three times in the past six years, my issue has been resolved easily with a cheerful demeanor in 15 minutes or less. So I highly recommend Therapy Notes. And don't forget, go to therapynotes.com and use promo code chat to get two free months. I love that. And I do often use putting my hand on my heart and feeling the warmth of my hand to my skin now I'm getting teary eyed yeah but um <laughs> when you know actually I never tune into my heartbeat or my heart itself i it's more like the idea of my heart than the heart that's in my body and when i did that it was different it was really different it was more embodied i mean it i before you said you might feel your shoulders fall, I felt my shoulders fall. I don't know if you were watching me and said that, but when I opened my eyes, you had your eyes closed, so I don't think so. <laughs> I think I felt my to fall too. <laughs> <laughs> I felt my when you said your jaw might unhinge. I thought not my jaw. That thing never lets go. And then it softened, and I was like, oh, <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. So
0: yeah, that was that was nice, and I I feel like. I feel my words inside my body and the resonance of my voice inside myself and in my chest differently that I didn't hear it before and I do now. So, yeah, there was something that came to life through that and makes me feel very connected with you even yeah. more than I did before, too. So, yeah, thank you for that beautiful, very brief, but beautiful example.
1: Thank you for being willing and open to move into that. And I want to say that, you know, that we have a long relationship. We've known each other for many years and we knew each other in a training that just was the focus, you know, for, for five days. So we have a trusting, safe foundation with which to do that work. Together, part of therapy is building that, So a client wouldn't just walk in on the first day and you're going to start doing that work.
0: Wow. I'm um, so grateful you said that because that's, that's where we do harm. And <laughs> We think, oh, I know exactly how I to can help get this person. Right okay, you just close your eyes. Yep. Yeah. And the person's like, they don't trust you yet because like you said, they walked in and their world is upside down. And they don't know where their feet are or where the ground is. And it could almost feel like a manipulation by the therapist to try to take someone to that space when, for all of us who have attachment wounds, trust is the hardest part of the whole experience. Sure.
1: Because it has been betrayed on that. Most primitive level, and some exactly. people non-verbal. might nonverbal. Yeah, but zero to eighteen months, the body holds that, and that goes back to this conversation we were just having is about chakras and, and energy in the body. Yes, zero to eighteen months months are nonverbal attachment experiences, so you can't go back and tell the story of that exactly because the body felt it. A stiffening up baby in the crib or a baby who stiffens in the mother's arms or caregiver's arms. So, or abuser's arms. So having the techniques itself so important, knowing when, if, how and when to use them and having work be the path to those techniques. So much more important. And that could take years and years. And that's okay. Because we go back to that presence piece that we talked about earlier. When somebody walks into your presence, if you're doing your work, you know, as best we can, Rashima, by your own way that you hold your body, by the way you breathe, by the way you talk, you're regulating just just that alone is saying, I am doing what I can to create a safe, calming, open, expansive, energetic, engaged space for you to show up however you need to. And I can tolerate it because I'm braiding myself. Yeah.
0: Ah. You were talking about how the heart, you used the example of the heart chakra and our beautiful practice that you just led me through. And you talked about the first 18 months and how our woundings that occur during that time are nonverbal. One thing that really interested me when you mentioned the chakras was the part when you said that they have their own developmental connection. I know a lot about the properties of the chakras, but that's one part that I, I haven't learned about. So I'd love if you would expand on that just a little bit.
1: You know, uh, developmental might not be the exact right word. It's more of the experience of that chakra what i was thinking about when i said that was the root chakra in particular yeah yeah
0: that would be yeah yeah okay okay so yeah, we're in go, there let's talk about so that So the,
1: yeah. the root chakra is at the base of the spine It's the first chakra <laughs> color is red and the root chakra is up that oh look at that yes absolutely and that's about right mm-hmm. and that's yeah that's a beautiful representation the and I really want to preface this by saying there are so many people who could talk about this in a much richer way than I. So I hope maybe they'll get on in the chat. But check. what you
0: have to offer is valuable too.
1: Yes, thank you, Laura. Well, root chakra is usually associated with attachment and safety When in, a, in the primitive way, not safety like is that front door locked, although that has a connection back to safety but safety, like literal safety, am I safe in this environment? Am I safe with this person? You know, is my body safe? From? And so that root chakra, when I think of that, as developmental, which is really not the exact right word. But I think of that as like the er- your earliest wounding. May, a non-verbal in particular is going to be held there in that root chakra because if you don't feel safe early then that you know our, li- our lives are built on that experience oh yeah and they say the chakras are built on that too so if you go in and you're like oh i want to open up that shirt eye and you know, get that wisdom and see beyond seeing and hear beyond hearing and the crown and, you know, get into the cosmos that you have some early, early root chakra issue. It, it It's never going to fully, they, they work their way up. I mean, some say up and back.
0: Well, that's interesting too, because if you think about starting therapy, here's a typical situation. I'm a, I'm a possible client. I want to go to therapy. I realize now that I have trauma. I'm ready to go do the work. So I go to my first session and the therapist asks me, what do you want to work on or what do you want help with? And I respond, "Um, let me tell you my trauma story. And then just tell it all. And it's like the trauma is screaming I need to be heard. And then it's so flooding. It's so re-traumatizing to dump that all out when I don't know this person. And maybe even they get flooded because it's, you know, kind of just a long story with, you know, a lot of details and they don't know how to help you modulate that then you leave the session and you feel terrible and you know the next few days you're like sleeping all the time or you feel really overwhelmed with sadness or or so panicky and anxious that you feel like you're jumping out of your skin you're like therapy is terrible i hate this you know so that or you go all right well i gotta excavate that again next week you know and And I'm not making fun of that. I'm saying that I think that's a common experience and what people think they're supposed to do. And also what the trauma tells us needs to happen. But at the same time, the root chakra is like, don't go there. Don't go there. Yeah. Tight and holding and saying, hold back, pull up, close off. We need protection here. Or we we unload it all and then need to pull back and it's not in our conscious awareness. We're just like, you know, I already told you everything and the therapist is like, well, yeah, but how do we work with it? You know, we, we have to keep touching back to it some way, but not, you know, really we shouldn't be all in there in the first few sessions. Yeah.
1: That's a great example. Well, sure. us to. too, end on because so many young therapists and or untrained therapists in trauma in particular one feel like if they can get to that story if i can get the client the me meter story but we we unlocked it you know There's no need to waste time let's just, just get just, right just down just to it they cry you no know, they cry right and we're like, oh, so, and the and a client might think that as well. We could just say all this, I can get some relief. Of course, the rest of the system knows. Mm, sure, no.
0: Yeah, the cognitive brain's like, let's just do this.
1: Let's do one, two, three, four, we're done. Yeah, <laughs> but all those other parts to use some of that ISS language, all those other parts are like, you know, this part needs to tell its story, but all of us are going to continue on doing what we do. Um. So it's so important for therapists to have that ability to work on talking about talking about it, mm. and and sometimes talking about it is really not necessary. That might like not even what happens, maybe ever. Yeah. But talking about talking about it is talking about how to create. Some kind of understand what's going on in your central nervous system. When are you regulated? When are you unregulated? What does that look like for you? How do you move that lever? That conversation around can be years, a lifetime of work. What? Thank me. you for saying that too,
0: because that's yeah. you know that
1: could be that's the just work. Not our
0: quick fix culture, exactly.
1: That itself could be the work, the process, not not a destination. Mm-hmm. So. The short answer is talking about, talking about it is the beginning of that tennis. us. And if a client comes in and they're like, you, you you, kind of says like, oh my gosh, we're getting ready to go there. If, you know, if there's any way for you to take a breath and then also say, I'd like to slow us down, you know, slow a moment. And let's talk about, talk about, talking about it. And you know, sometimes you can, but sometimes it's a tidal wave and it's going to come in and you just try to plant some seeds for them. And hopefully they'll come back and you can continue, continue your the work.
0: Yeah. I think there's ways to just compassionately say, you know, I really want to know about what you've been through and I really care about that. And I don't want you to think that I can't handle your story or that it's too much for me or that it's nobody wants to hear that kind of thing. Yeah. It's just that, I want to work with your nervous system in a way that is going to feel safe to all the parts of you. And I think using the parts analogy there is is perfect because it's like I hear that there's a part of you that really needs to tell this story. And yet, you know, I can also see from how you're holding your body or the way your shoulders are going up as you talk about it that some parts of you are saying, they may need to slow down
1: yeah and that you you just captured that so well Laura. that's absolutely lovely and that language and the tone of voice and i think here's the true piece: is meaning it you know right that you mean it and it's not a script yeah
0: it's a it's a belief from you that you're (laughs) trying to express
1: and central nervous systems read that you know there's a there's a Sharon Salzberg, who's a big mindfulness meditation person in the field, would people ask her, What what's the what's the secret therapy? You know, what's the, what it what what is it? And her answer is one of my favorites of all time. She said, It's the love in the room. Mm-hmm. And that is absolutely right. It's the love in the room. And what you just said and how you said it. She embodies that so well. Oh, you're so sweet to <laughs> <say> <laughs> that. I made it. Yeah. <laughs> I can it's feel special. that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I'd say maybe that, you know, there as an ending point for new therapists or therapists who are new to this way of working. It's not about repeating the words or doing the practice that you heard someone else do, memorizing it, and then regurgitating it to your client. It's about embodying the practices and the presence that can only develop through practice, too. You know, it's not like you have it or you don't. It's something that can grow within all of us. And, you know, we can meet our clients and their nervous systems where they are with our nervous systems where they are. And that's what makes good fit. What's a good fit for you is what aligns well with your nervous system. And, and when your nervous system continues to heal and grow in its, you know, ability to be regulated and co-regulate, different client presentations will feel like the, the better fit. And it's, there's no judgment anywhere along the path. It's just a moment in time, like
1: where things are. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the, you know, phrases that the SEAL talks about a lot is meet, meet the client where they are, meet ourselves where we are. Yeah. Right now. Well, Alice, I love
0: meeting with you every time where you are and... You meeting me where I am. I'd love love to talk to you again here soon, but and also outside of here. But in the meantime, where can people find all the good stuff that you do, and anyone who wants to work with you, whether they're in North Carolina or Atlanta, or through coaching consultation?
1: Mm-hmm. So. Uh, psychotherapy is in, if you're in Georgia, and North Carolina, we can do psychotherapy. My website is alicewellens.com, A-L-Y-C-E-W-E-L-L-O-N-S. And it has all the info of how to contact me. And when you work with me, you get me. So you'll email me, email you back. We talk on the phone. I, you know, that's, I kind of run the whole thing. And then if you're outside of North Carolina or Georgia or okay, anywhere, which are a coaching and consultation arm of my business. So that is on wellandsconsulting.com, W E L L O L L L R S consulting.com. And that is a site that just lets you know kind of what the services are that aren't, that aren't therapy, but informed by 25 years of being a therapist. And that, that's that's mostly due to licensure issues. That hopefully RCL is catching up at some point.
0: Hopefully, yeah. With a with a heavy nudge from, like reality. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. We we are a global world now. Yeah, uh, people are not working within state line lives anymore, and so we've got we, we'll catch up to it. Yeah,
0: it's like I was talking with my husband about how banks are now not open from nine to two anymore. They're open all day. It's like regular work hours. Why? Because things have changed. You can do online banking, you know, et cetera. It's just an example. But (laughs) Alice, it's been lovely to be with you again today. Thank you so much for being my guest on Therapy Chat. Thank you for having me, Lauren. My pleasure. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today.
1: Thank you for listening to Therapy Chat with your host, Laura Regan, LCSWC. For more information, please visit therapychatpodcast.com.